and thank you for joining us for In All Things, a weekly podcast of the Evangelical Presbyterian Church. I'm Rachel Joseph. Your host for In All Things is Dean Weaver, stated clerk of the EPC. The motto of our family of congregations is, in essentials, unity, in non-essentials, liberty, in all things, charity. Now, here's Dean. Thank you again, Rachel Joseph. It uh, always is a a good thing hearing her voice as she intros our time together in these conversations for the podcast of the EPC called In All Things. And we're grateful for many of you who take the time to join us. Those of you who have been liking us on social and sharing it with others, I think one of the things that encourages me the most is when I go to a Presbytery meeting or visit a church and that one person comes up to me and says, hey, I've been listening to the podcast. And I've been sharing it with all of our elders and everybody is now listening. I think to myself, that is awesome. I absolutely love it and appreciate it because, you know, I think a lot of times uh, we live in our own little corner of the world, whether it's just our congregation or that thing in the denomination that we're interested in being able to kind of expand and understand the full scope of what God is doing out there, particularly through the EPC family is a great gift. And uh, we're in a series right now where we're focusing on church planting, which is one of the four gospel priorities in the EPC. And actually, if you think about it, it really is two of the four gospel priorities because our global movement, which we think about a lot of times as world outreach, the primary way in which our global workers actually bring the gospel to the ends of the earth is church planting. I think of it as having church planting domestic and church planting international. So really, we believe in the EPC that the primary way that the gospel goes forth to reach people who have yet to hear of the Savior is when new churches are planted. And when people ask me, why do we place such an emphasis on that? I would say that's because that is probably the most effective way of being an evangelical Presbyterian church and bringing the good news of Jesus to people who haven't heard it. We're doubling down on that as we come up to our next uh, General Assembly. You'll be hearing more about that in a little bit, but today our conversation will focus around church planning, and we're excited to have in the studio at the EPC's Global Command Center in Orlando, Florida. They are, if you watch Brother Where Art Thou, they are the brain trust to all things that are church planning. Of course, I'm speaking about our National Director of Church Planning, Tom Ricks, who's here with us, and his right-hand man, who he willingly says he can do nothing without, who he would be lost without, who keeps him on task and on track. And interestingly enough, the ruling elder among all of the teaching elders to try to keep them in line, Jack Cathy, who's uh, an elder at Lake Forest Church and the family of churches, really, in Charlotte, North Carolina. And Jack has been on the uh, church planning leadership team since it started, as has Tom. And so, gentlemen, it is great to welcome you to In All Things. Dean, it's great to be here today. Uh, It's fun to see the World Center, and it's also just good to be with you. So looking forward to our conversation. Yep, glad to be back. And we're probably the only two people that would take a compliment of being compared to the guys in Brother Where Art Thou. So thank you for the compliment. We appreciate it. Absolutely. Absolutely. That you knew the reference matters to me. I appreciate that. So as we often do as we get started, um, since we don't have any sponsors, I like to pretend that we do have sponsors. And I I fake that we have sponsors, and this is actually being sponsored by the gospel priority of church planting. And I I say it's a true sponsorship because in my hands, though you cannot see it, I hold a $1 bill that was given to me by Tom Ricks as he walked in today so that it would become an official sponsor 
of this podcast. So this is the first money that this podcast has actually brought in. So we have a, an actual legitimate $1 sponsor, which tells you all you need to know about church planning. I can't believe Jack hasn't matched my gift yet, but hopefully before we're done, before he it's will. over. Yeah. Before, and he's a, I, I don't carry cash. I'm a modern guy. So <laughs> Excellent. Well, as we talk a little bit about the church planning, one of the things we want you to be aware of is that if God is um, been tugging on your heart and maybe working in your life in such a way that you're either considering the fact that maybe God is calling you to uh, be a church planner, or maybe there's someone in your family that you know, someone in your church that you know, someone in the ministry involved in who you think would be uh, probably a good potential fit for church planning, the EPC will have our next assessment, which is a way of really sitting down and helping someone explore that as to whether or not they have the gifting and the temperament and the calling to be a church planner. It'll be happening in Memphis, Tennessee, late in July. And if you know of anybody who's interested in that possibility of church planning, we would love you to reach out to either Shane Sun, who's the director of the Aspen Grove Network. They lead our assessments and do a fantastic job with that. Or you can reach out to our own Tom Ricks, and they'll help connect you to that assessment. So just going to ask you to consider praying about that. Pray for yourself. Pray for someone that you know. Would God bring somebody to mind? It would be awesome if Tom or Shane got a dozen emails from people listening to this podcast who said, I may know of someone or I myself might be interested to at least pursue and pray about the possibility that God might be calling to do that. So if that's you or someone that you know, please reach out and do that as soon as possible. All right, so let's turn into our conversation today. Jack, just so that our audience gets to know you a little bit, they've met Tom before in a variety of manners, but you've been around the block a few times with us, but you might be new to those listening in. Tell us a little bit about you know, Lake Forest Church, why you got involved in church planning and why it's so important to you. So I'm Jack Cathy. I'm, a, I'm a, an accounting professor by trade. So my day job, I'm at the University of North Carolina Charlotte. I teach corporate financial reporting and data uh, analytics. So so in my day job, I'm doing that. But what the Lord has done over the years was I was an elder at a church called Forest Hill Church. And we had tried to, we had kind of outgrown our property. And we had tried to do all kinds of creative things to get other land and so on. And eventually we just, we were blocked. And we just said, well, let's just start some churches. And I remember voting for that, thinking what a fine idea for someone only to wake up about 18 months later and I'm in this skating rink in Huntersville, North Carolina, and I'm unpacking chairs below a disco ball. And I'm thinking, well, how did this happen? So <laughs> got involved with church planting by being a part of a church plant. So let's just hit a recap summary here. Church runs out of room. Accounting professor decides to unpack chairs in a, in a skating rink somewhere. That, that's um, that's, your that's story just pretty much the wandering path that, that's <laughs> okay. gotten me here. So as we did that, one of the things that just became clear was that our little church, like Forest Church, we're hitting our 25th anniversary this fall, kind of looking forward to that. We were called from our formation to be a church planting church. Yeah, that's really in your DNA, isn't it? Very much. But we were also like the couple that got married young and wanted to wait a long time before we had kids. So we were that church. So we eventually reached a point where we had built a building. We weren't nearly like Green Tree that it was so quick to begin to multiply. And we kind of got to the point of saying it's a little embarrassing that we're not multiplying yet. So our session decided to make an investment both out of a capital campaign and an ongoing basis to invest in church planting. So the Lake Forest family of churches 
was kind of born out of that decision. We're now more than a decade through that process. And so we've been in the process of starting churches that have stayed in our family, like Westlake and U City and El Buen, and also some churches that have localized. So in this case, Story Hill Church in Davidson. So it's been a really fun journey. That helped me see that God's wiring in me is I'm a builder starter. I like to start new things, like to build them. I don't necessarily love running them. I just like to start them up and get them going. So being involved in planting was just kind of how I'm wired. I do the same thing. I help start a bank. I help start graduate programs. That's how I'm wired. So along the way, the national church planting team got going, and it was kind of funny. The first time I met Jeff Jeremiah, plucky elder from Charlotte, meets him and says, I got a job for you. I bet you've heard this before, Dean. <laughs> Elders always have jobs for, yes, for people yes. in your role. Yes. And I said, why don't you set your goal that by the time you finish serving our denomination, we're known for who we are instead of for who we're not. Because at the time we were, this is one group and not as that as another group, but we really weren't known for who we were. And so along the way, Jeff kind of started this band of pirates called the Church Planting Team. And Mike Moses, our lead pastor, was involved in it. And he, I think maybe he alleged it was a matter of polity, but I think it really was we got to get one adult in this room because you put six or eight church planters into a room, it's, it's likely to get out of control. So, <laughs> so he asked me to serve on that team. And so fairly early in the birth of the team, I got involved. And I'm going to be candid and say for the first three years, I kept saying, Lord, why am I here? I felt like a, you know, I'm an accountant. I feel like the nerd among the jocks, right? These are the people that are out there starting new things, they're doing great things, they're leaders, they're full of energy and spunk. And I'm just kind of here, but the Lord knows what he's doing. And so eventually, as Tom's leadership began to emerge in that team, it became clear that there was a beneficial cooperation between the two of us, that I could come alongside and help maybe lay in some structure and do some planning and things that pastors that are leading churches that are growing and planting and so on are really hard pressed to do. So that kind of has become our dynamic that I think of myself as Tom's COO. I'm just kind of there to kind of keep the, the dust in the corners of the room and not being too, too cloudy, but it's been a real deep joy. So uh, Tom, I've got to ask, it's, it has to be a huge gift to you to have an adult in the room. Number one, I love the words plucky, by the way, that's a great description of you, Jack. And then pirate, uh, I thought was another great description. So, you know, to have a, a plucky elder in among the pirates, uh, helping to me, I mean, the complementarity of Jack's gift set and being able to help steer the team, I've got to think has been a huge asset for you. Absolutely. It's, it's why we're where we are today, which is a modicum of success in church planting is because as Jack said, I, you know, you get six, first of all, you can't get six church planters in a room because they, they, they're busy doing other stuff, but to corral this group, which is, I mean, high energy, lots of ideas, lots of passion, and to boil it down to a workable paradigm that actually engages in a process that leads to Christ-centered, gospel-driven, biblical church planting is the gift that Jack Cathy's given DPC. And it, it's probably very few people know it, but it really is one of the, one of the wonderful gifts that God's given to us because it's moved us forward and not haphazardly all over the map. We've watched how church planning for us has gone from being aspirational to being operational. 
and and now I think it's becoming transformational. You know, it, it really is having that effect, not just on the churches that are being planted, but the denomination as a whole. And I've heard you say before, Tom, you know, this idea that it would be more of a, a movement uh, and that the EPC would be a movement of church planting churches. Jack, you've been with the church planting leadership from the beginning. Kind of give us a, a, a run view of where we were, where we are, and maybe where you see us going in terms of church planting from a, from a ruling elders view, not from a fancy pastor pirate view, but from the grounded adult in the room, give us a sense of, of kind of the trajectory of where we've been and where we are and where we're going. Sure. So I think early we were just clear that we were called, but probably lacked a lot of clarity beyond that. And, and probably the first move where you thought, Hey, there is something here is the first fall retreat that we had when all of a sudden we could bring together church planners that were like-minded, that could be together in a space, could spend several days together, could rub shoulders. And all of a sudden there was a sense of, you know, you couldn't do this in, in the Central Carolina's Presbytery. There aren't enough planters for that to make sense. So something that we were doing at a national level was adding value to the important dynamic and the ethos of our denomination, which is kind of grassroots, local churches and presbyteries. So there was a sense, though, that this national movement in that direction to create that fall retreat really was a value add that we couldn't have had without it. So that was kind of, I think, our early, I'll call it success, then beginning to kind of just articulate what are all the components that make a successful church planting movement. Things like assessment, things like coaching, things like mentorship, things like retreats, things like relationships with seminaries, and starting to kind of just see the mosaic, the picture of all the components that when they're aligned with one another, work well to create that movement. So that was kind of our, I'll call it our middle years. And then the next step was in Tom assuming the national director role that uh, we were all full of good intentions. But the truth is, when each of us got to the airport gate headed home, the inbox was full <laughs> and, and the capacity to carry some of these initiatives forward was, was muted. So for me, it's been a joy. It's, it's been for me a real clear sense of Tom's calling to this role, not just a he's a good guy, he can do the job, but this was God's man for our denomination in this role. So it's been fun for me to watch that. And now we're looking forward to saying, okay, we're still the EPC. We're still going to be, all church planting is local work. It's local, right? You don't start a national church. You start a church at the corner of you know, Smith and Jones or Vine and whatever. And so you need that local knowledge, but there are a lot of resources around a new plant that can come alongside from presbyteries and from networks in presbyteries and with regions. And so someone's got to kind of dream that dream of how to architect those pieces, how to help each of those pieces have a clear sense of what it is best equipped to do and what probably it's not best equipped to do. And so I think that's the season we're in now. We're kind of seeing that architecture be formed, both by Tom's leadership by the national team, by the national leadership team, by your leadership. All those pieces are kind of speaking into this, and we're seeing a formation of something that'll still be inherently EPC. It'll still be a local, local churches, local pastors, presbyteries, forming new churches. 
but with elements around them that enable to do that more effectively and, and, and kind of have the new churches we're forming be great churches. I didn't think I appreciated it until I stepped into this role that that tension between the, the national church and the local church is so profound. You captured that relationship between the local and the national really, really well. And church planning has got to do that because, right, it's got to be like, think big picture, but act in that local place because that's where the kingdom of God breaks in, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and you just see pieces that each local church or even, even networks are going to be harder to pull off, like assessment. It just takes really talented people to pull it off. Build in pipelines, build in ways that people who are in seminary, ways that are people that are on staff of churches kind of have an itch that somebody speaks to and says, hey, here's the next step for you. So there's all these elements that as we do them locally well, but enabled by things at the Presbyterian region and national level, we'll do them even better and, and, and more effectively. Right. It strikes me from an organizational standpoint, you've done the storming and you're kind of somewhere between the the norming, you know, you're, you're moving into that place where things are forming and now you're norming and that kind of is where this is developing. And one of those forming and norming things that's happening, Tom, is this idea, as Jack pointed to, is that you're starting to move into kind of this idea of regional coordinators. Um, that's maybe the next step in that formation so that more normative principles can be contextualized in these different places. Talk to us about what that means to have regional coordinators in church planning and what that's going to look like. As Jack has said, we all understand the EPC. We're not a top-down organization. Church planting is local. So how, do, how does the national team encourage, equip, and move church planting forward in a way that serves the local church? I hope that every EPC pastor, every EPC session We'll wake up tomorrow morning and go, you know, what if we wanted to put a church here? That's where it begins. What we want to be able to do is get the tools and the leadership, the encouragement for that as close to the ground as possible. So if you have that thought in Spokane, Washington, or you have that thought in Albuquerque, New Mexico, or you have that thought in Atlanta, Georgia, we don't want the next thought to be, well, we've got to take a number and get in line until the national guy gets to us. And maybe, you know, it's 2023, maybe in 2025, our number will come up. There has to be leadership that is closer, that is regionally sound and available to you so that you can have someone who can help you do what you believe God's called you to do. So the notion of regional leadership is in its formative stages. We have a couple of folks that are moving into that role as we speak. But the notion would be to have perhaps six regions, uh, northeast, south, north central, south central, near west, far west. Hawaii. Far west would be Hawaii. That, okay, I'm, okay. I'm all for Hawaii, family in Hawaii. But the notion would be that if we're the Presbyterian of the Pacific Southwest, we don't have to call somebody in St. Louis or North Carolina or Orlando. We have someone that's working in our part of the country for us, not doing it for us, but in empowering us, giving us the tools we need, giving us the support we need so that we can be actively and effectively growing the kingdom of God through church planting in our region. 
So if we can push leadership down to the regional level, and perhaps a regional director would oversee and help and support and encourage two to four presbyteries, that just gets that leadership that much closer to home, and it makes us that much more effective in church planting. That's going to help us in terms of recruiting and pipeline, assessment. Yeah. So let's, let's go back, because Jack, you rightly landed us in saying that this, it's local. It's local, it's local, it's local. Let's go back to that place. If someone's listening in right now, and they're an elder in an EPC church, or let's imagine they're in, in any denomination, it really doesn't matter, they're part of a Bible-believing evangelical church that really cares about people coming to know Jesus as yes. the Savior, and their church has not, up until this point, participated or been involved in church planting. Give us a sense of, first of all, why it's a blessing to that church to do that, and then maybe some practical steps that they could take toward that. It's absolutely a blessing. In fact, going back to Forest Hill, the absolute worst strategy in the world, if you're space constrained, is to get involved in church planting because church planting churches grow faster than non-church planting churches. So it was a terrible strategy, thanks be <laughs> to God. So, so what I would say is if you're in a church as an elder and you're saying, I have a sense that there's some people that are not being reached by our church or by the other churches in our community, then for me, your best next step is to start praying. Mm. And what I would pray for first isn't the specific place or if there's a you know, place you could rent, it's for the planter. Leadership is where this starts. The person, the planter is going to be the thing. Then look around yourself at seminaries, at larger churches, at churches in your presbytery that are involved in planting. Maybe there's a network in the Carolinas as our presbytery became three presbyteries. We have the Northampton network, which Elizabeth Gibson is leading. So look to those churches like a Lake Forest or like look at a network like Elizabeth's network and say to yourself, let me just go get to know those people and really do have it as I just want to get to know them. I want to see are these my kind of people. And I think you'll find quickly that'll, that'll take root. One of the things we find at Lake Forest, and it's a pretty well-documented fact, is one of the great things about an existing church being involved in planting is there's this wonderful feedback from the plant to the parent or, or to the partner. If you're in a smaller church, probably starting another church, if you're kind of 60 and 80, that might be a little ambitious, but I bet you there are three or four or five of you the Lord's going to raise up. So again, looking for the networks, the churches that are already active, looking for like-minded elders. I know at our Presbyterian meeting, we have moments to talk about planting every time we get together, finding those people. And then honestly, at some point, if there's not already a regional director, reach out to Tom. Because one of the great things that Tom is, he's a boots on the ground person for our denomination. And he's going to know who to connect you to. He's going to know people in your region. He's going to know the seminaries that are producing talent, that kind of stuff. So pray, pray for leaders, pray for planters, look for like-minded folk. And if you're not finding them close by, reach out to Tom and he's going to find them for you. Seems that the common thread through each of those things that you mentioned, Jack, is relationships. 
And we know that that's the key to evangelism. We know that that's the key to a healthy church. We know that that's the key to every one of the gospel priorities is carried in the context of community or in relationship. And the idea that we would start leaning into those relationships in prayer is huge. I mean, uh, one of your colleagues who's also on the national team, Sean Robinson, and I were talking recently about the three things, the three Ps we've often talked about, parent, partner, and patron, hoping every one of our churches. And he added that fourth P of prayer because you know the reality is there are a lot of our churches that think, well, we don't have the resources to do that. We may even be in a remote place where we don't have other places to, uh, where we could partner with people, and we're not sure we have enough money to even do that. And yet you can always pray, right? You can always pray, and that's going to open up someone's heart for what God may choose to want to do. I just want to reinforce that. When we started Green, when God started Green Tree and we were part of that in St. Louis, from day one, we said, we're going to be a church planting church. And none of us knew how to do that. We had not, a, we didn't even know what we were doing with our own church plant. We had not a clue. But we prayed and said, Lord, please show us where. Please show us who. I agree with Jack 100%. It comes down to the Whoever the Lord is as gifted and called to plant, that leadership is so important. But, oh my goodness, God started showing us, surprising us. I mean, our church plants, we kind of laugh today. He's like, we never saw that one coming. But we could say that about every one of them. But they all started with prayer. I preached recently, Tom, at one of our EPC churches on Acts chapter 4, you know, and I just think it's so interesting. The apostles got, pulled, got called into the Sanhedrin, and they were told, you know, don't speak anymore in the name of Jesus. And they left and they said, God, help us to speak more about the name of Jesus. I just, I just thought, you know, and, and then it says the Holy Spirit came on them. And they spoke more boldly about the name of Jesus. And I just think, well, and it all happened. The pivot point is when they pray, oh, sovereign Lord, stretch out your hand and, and do these crazy things in the name of Jesus. And then God honors that prayer and shows up and does things you never thought you could do in ways you never thought you could do it. I've said to people all along, whether it is falling of the spirit at this awakening that's happened at Asbury and other campuses across the country, I've said to people, look, if nothing else, just pray. <laughs> just pray. Lord, let the revival begin in me. Pray. Lord, let me be used however you will. And perhaps that might be one of those things that leads you to a church planner or to a team of people or to a network or other folks who, who want to help see the gospel go forward in a community to a group of people who have yet to hear the good news of our Savior. So as we bring this home, any closing advice, words of encouragement that you'd like to give to those who are listening in as we consider this gospel priority of church planning? Maybe the one thing I didn't say earlier was come to GA. One of the great things that's going to happen this year at GA is the, the gospel priorities are going to be lifted so that we're actually engaged in relationship with one another, in teaching, in conversation so that we can share with each other. So come to GA because there's going to be a lot of opportunity to meet planters, to meet Tom, to meet the people on the team. The other thing I'd probably say is I'm kind of at the end of Jeremiah right now. And, and so what he's saying to these people who are now in captivity is plant your gardens, right? Don't wait. Don't wait. So if you're feeling an unction about planting, act on that unction. Go ahead and, and take a step forward, whether it's reaching out to someone in your presbytery, whether it's coming to GA, whether it's reaching out to Tom, go ahead and take a step because you really will never know what you're doing, but God will take care of that if you just provide that willing spirit. 
Yeah, I, I love that whole section of Jeremiah is sort of preference with this comment. Pray for the prosperity of this the city to which you have been called, right? So whatever community you're called in, large community, small community, suburban, urban, rural, pray for the prosperity of that community. And what could bring greater blessings to that community than to have a gospel-faithful church with people growing as disciples of Jesus? I can't, I can't think of a better thing to do. So uh, plant the gardens, uh, build the houses, marry your sons and daughters off, and thrive in that place in a a healthy church planted with that DNA to continue to be disciples who make disciples is the greatest gift you could give to that community. So gentlemen, it's always a delight and a joy. I appreciated the uh, shout out for General Assembly, Jack. That was much appreciated and just grateful for the time to have you guys both in the uh, studio today. Thanks for having us. Wonderful. Thanks, Dean. All right, my friends, this continues our conversation around the gospel priority of church planting. We hope that you'll share this with people in your session or your congregation or your pastor or your friends and family. Like us on social, get the word out there. That's how movements start as people catch wind of what God is doing. And uh, I always have said after 36 years of pastoral ministry, way better to identify what God is doing and go and join him in that activity than try to make up stuff that's probably going to be frustrating and not work anyway. This is what God is doing in the life of the, not just the EPC, but really around the globe. And we want to be a part of what God is doing. So pass the word. Speaking of which, we'll end with that good word from God's word, as we always do, a kind of benediction to bless you as you go into your day out of this conversation into whatever the Lord has for you. It all comes under his sovereign lordship. Because you see, the sun is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him, all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities in the Weaver Amplified Version and relationships. All things have been created through him. And my friends, this is the one that gets me. They're for him. He is before all things. And in him and in him alone, all things hold together. You see, he is the head of the body, the church. And to that end, do we hope and pray. And until the next conversation, my friends, I bid grace and peace to you. Thank you again for joining us. On behalf of Dean and the entire team, we hope you will join us for our next episode of In All Things. For more information about the Evangelical Presbyterian Church, including a directory of local churches, online resources, and much more, visit our website at www.epc.org. I'm Rachel Joseph. I pray you have an overwhelming sense of God's presence in all things today.